1: I can't go on. Hi, folks. I'm Alan Watson. This is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 27th of October 2010. Now, newcomers, look into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com website, bookmark all the other sites I've got listed there because you get problems with the main ones once in a while, and if you have them bookmarked, you can always download the latest shows for free. And if you find Sticking 2 on the comm, it's because so many go into it at the same time. So try the downloads on these alternate sites that are listed on the comm site. And when you're at it too, remember you're the audience that bring me to you. Because I don't ask for money from advertisers, I turn them down. And the ads on this show that you hear, I've got nothing to do with. That's paid by advertisers right to RBN, and that pays RBN for their airtime to broadcast the show. And to pay for their equipment, their staff and their bills. So it's up to you to try and help me out too. So buy the books and the discs and the DVDs I have for sale at com websites. And from the US to Canada, you can use personal check. You can also use an international postal money order from the US to Canada. You can use PayPal to donate or to purchase. If you want to purchase, send it the donation, PayPal donation, followed by a separate email with your name, address, and order, and I'll get it right out to you. And some people will send cash as well. Same across the rest of the world. Some people send cash. Some people use PayPal to order or donate. And believe you me, don't believe, don't think the donation buttons there just to lie loose as well. Use it now and then too to pay for some of the stuff that you're downloading because thousands, thousands use it and very few, very, very few bother to send a penny this way. So it's up to you if you want to keep me going or not. Uh, across Europe too, you can also use Western Union, which is kind of steep. Kind of expensive. Or you can use MoneyGram, which is a bit cheaper. And you can also get it uh, in a check form from MoneyGram and post it. That's even cheaper still. Or PayPal again, as I say. That's up to you how you want to do it. And uh, remember, all the sites listed there on that site at cutting they all have the audios. They all have the same um, transcripts in English of a lot of the talks I've given for print up. And if you want transcripts in other languages, go into eu and you'll, you'll see it listed on this com site as well. And you can find transcripts to choose from, from various languages for print-up and pass them around to your friends. And a lot of folk prefer reading because you can take it anywhere with you. There's, there's no glaring light in your eyes. You remember it much better if you read it from paper. And most folk have found that, of course, who have been doing this for quite a few years. It's easier to read off paper and retain it. It's harder to retain it when it's on that glowing uh, screen in front of you. And uh, luckily I'm up today uh, doing this show because uh, there was a storm came in last night. It took trees down all around a few of them next to my house here. And I had to spend the day sawing them up before the rest of them fell down on top of the roof. Uh, Not a good time for it to happen, especially near winter, because it's a mad rush before the snow hits. And it's supposed to hit tomorrow, in fact, with with another part of the storm coming in uh, for a good part of the day tomorrow. So I'll be awfully busy. I just came in the door. The power was out all day, and it just came on. So I'm awfully lucky, in fact, to do the show at all. I was ready to do it on battery backup power, and that would have lasted terribly long. But that's what you put up with when you live out in the boonies. Well, as I say, this New World Order is fantastic because they have never veered from their course. And they have printed their plans a long time ago in many books. Uh, they told you the agenda. They fitted it all together for you through the dialectic, through communism and the capitalism and the socialism books that they churned out. They're all working together for a common end. Back with more after this break. So we're back, and we're cutting through the matrix. I always liken the matrix to a big system you're born into. It's like a Plato's cave, and you must read Plato's cave if you want to understand how people, people can be brought up in a system, in a cave, in fact, uh, only to be able to face one way, and they have to make a whole philosophy and a, a reason for existing based on the shadows that come from themselves, from a light on their backs. They cannot turn round. And uh, so they have this massive philosophy and very wise men, of course, who get special goodies and treats because they're very wise, that try to try to explain them why all these shadows move—it's nothing to do with what the light behind them, of course. It's all very mystical. But uh, that's a cave of Plato, and the Matrix is very similar. You're born into your parents didn't know to tell you that there was all a big con racket going on a big agenda he were living through, and generation by generation, uh, people had worked their way towards a global society, not just any kind of global society, but a totally controlled and orchestrated and designed society, designed over a 100 years ago, well over that, as to how it would be set up. Very authoritarian, eventually, where experts would rule the, the world properly, you see, because people who think they're independent and can make their own decisions just can't really take care of their own lives properly and you need experts to do that and that's what's coming down now that's what it's all about and all the mayhem and chaos you see with massive immigration to countries that have sunk them, the multiculturalism and the settling in because there's always friction between different groups of people until they settle down that may take another 50, 100 years Uh, that's all part of it that's what Rockefeller called it's like making an omelette, you can't make an omelette without breaking eggs so tough cheese on those who suffer through it but they're looking at the long-term goal, and they do believe that the end justifies the means. In other words, whatever havoc they wreak in the, in the proceed of it um, is just tough cheese. You have to get the ending, and, and that's just the way it is. That's just the way it is. And that's what we're going through now, and that's why you have the controlled meltdown with the cash system. They could have crashed the bubbles any time they wanted to. If they wanted to, they could have kept going for another 20 years or more. For as long as they want, because the stock market was always manipulated in a con game. Always, it's built on 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 optimism, pure optimism, like a big gambling casino. And when they tell you from a president, when a president tells you that that's, uh, this could be worse than the last depression, uh, believe you me, everybody pulls their money out, and you've got, you've got a self-fulfilling prophecy. Bang down it goes, because it was designed to go down. Now the banks lost nothing, as you all know. And that the taxpayer was all put down as the slaves, the guarantors to pay it off for ever and ever down to the fifth or sixth generation. So that's how the world really works. It's manipulated from the top with small groups of people working together in concert and working across the world belonging to the same organizations. And that's what you're living through today. We've become so politically correct, I couldn't believe some of the stuff they are teaching in school now on political correctness and the greening agenda until little children are admonishing parents for using too much water or um, having a smoke, for instance, is a real no-no, real bad thing to do. It's okay to inject heroin up, up there, that's okay, but just don't do your smoke. And um, they're telling them, too, to cut back on all their, their waste all that garbages, etc., etc., etc. Mind you, the little toddlers also want their they brought in pizzas and all the rest of it. They just want to make sure that the parents somehow dispose of it in some other way. But when they train the children to nag the parents, you are in already. A George Orwell. The, the very world that he predicted would come in, in his 1984 book. Uh, so George Orwell was right on the money with that, where people would be terrified of children eventually. Children are actually turning parents in today. Children write about their parents and their relatives in school. They have essays in school. They've been doing this for years. Do your parents do this? Do they do, they do that? Are they helping the environment? Uh, and which ways are they not helping the environment and so on and so on and all that stuff goes put into data banks but then when the children come home and start nagging their parents you are scared of them you better be scared of them because the laws are getting drawn up where they will report you and someone will knock on the door and that smug little child there is going to watch you get marked off to the camp it's planned that way As I say, too, it's such a farce. I mean, there's all these troops over in Afghanistan taking rotations from American troops to British troops, guarding the poppy fields to make sure that the opium harvest gets done and that uh, rival gangs don't take it all and sell it themselves. Because when the Taliban ruled there, they had banned the growing of opium. That really ticked off the CIA, MI6, and Mossad, and all these guys who make their money for their black budgets on selling heroin, which is... A, a byproducts of a processed product of opium really ticked them off mightily, and it's in all the ma- major media if you have memories can remember that when they went into Afghanistan, uh, Bush uh, took off that ban on opium, and now the now the troops are guarding the opium fields, but they want you to stop smoking. Mm. In British Columbia, a few years ago, and I mentioned it. I read it off the article in the paper. Uh, the teachers were. Showing the children how to safely inject, this is under 10 year olds, safely inject heroin. No kidding. No kidding. And we take this in our stride thinking, oh well, you know, oh well. People cannot think today at all. Never mind complain or, or demand. Demand is out, the, out of their vocabulary these days. Smoking. Now, I can remember Bill Cooper saying years ago, um, when government is involved in interfering in your morals and moral behavior, then you really do have a problem. And they should not be telling you what to eat, what to drink, or anything else. You see? As you're all getting trained for the new society. Where's all this come from? I told you before that everything your government signs that into treaty that becomes law it's from the United Nations. Everything from your electrical wiring, your plumbing, your building permits, the environmental assessment of an area before you can put a house down, all that kind of stuff comes from the United Nations. They've been running you for years. Every country that signed on has been getting run by them for years. And they're only warming up because eventually they'll be around your houses and your homes. They already have tried that in some, some of the U.S. states, finding thousands of dollars to farmers who have bent down pipes and their their runoff water from their, their eaves troughs. I'm not kidding. Bent pipes. A little dented here and there. What happened to America? What happened to the individualism, the rugged individualism that it was based upon? But what happened? They were spoiled rotten. That's what happened. They were drugged with all the, the drugs flowing in. No one bothered about that at the time. Or the free love and, and the hyper sex and all the rest of it was promoted from the top down. And I've gone through some of that agenda as to who brought it in for you to destroy the family units and all the rest of it. Now the state is in control of indoctrinating your child, making sure that any old-fashioned morality that you try to pass on to them, all that contaminated stuff, it doesn't happen. You want new children for a new era. Stalin said the same thing, so did Lenin before him, so did uh, Lord Bertrand Russell, because they're all working for the same agenda. Here's an article here, for instance, just by the by, and folk who don't smoke don't really care about most things until they can run with them with, on something else, like maybe obesity or something. But it says, Fifth anniversary of global tobacco control treaty presents opportunity for U.S. ratification and leadership. This is a PR, hurrah, hurrah, you know, press release, newswire. And it says, The fifth anniversary of the international treaty to address the global tobacco epidemic Epidemic eh? presents as s has been dropping off for the last 20, 30 years. Presents a significant opportunity for President Obama to continue his strong leadership on tobacco control as he smokes his cigars, of course, by submitting this treaty to the Senate for ratification and urging its quick approval. So let's get past the Obama PR stuff. It doesn't matter who's in. You see, they've been doing it for five years. It's just the, World, the World Health Organization Framework Convention on Tobacco Control. It's the strongest, most coordinated action the world's nations have ever taken against tobacco use and its devastating health and economic consequences. It took effect on February the 27th, 2005. And that's why the tobacco prices in all the countries that signed it shot up through the roof, especially in Canada. 60% it went up in the first year. You can get cocaine. They'll safely show you how it puts heroin in your veins if you're a child. Paid for by your taxpayer, that's okay, that's okay, that stuff. They'll take you to rehab for goodness sake all through your life and help you. That's no problem because they love socialism. They love to be in charge of poor fallen people. It says to date 168 countries have ratified or otherwise become parties to the treaty has served as a positive catalyst for change throughout the world. Change, change is good long before Obama, right? Well the world states have signed the pacts. uh, It's never been submitted to the Senate for ratification. The U.S. and Indonesia, which are both large manufacturers and consumers of tobacco products, remain the two most populous nations that have not ratified the pact, but they've ran it through anyway under Obama, as everyone in the U.S. knows recently. And the next thing I'm going for, too, because you see the U.S. also brought out the war on obesity. They also put in plans to go through all the school systems, weigh your children like they're doing in Britain. And then bringing the parents in, like bad parents, to ask them why your child is one pound overweight. And I've read the articles on the air here, so you know what I'm talking about. The, the old saying was, they came for the communist, I wasn't one, so they left me alone. And they came for the socialists, I wasn't one, they left me alone. Now it's, I, I was a republican, I wasn't one that left me alone. And then they came for me, there was no one left to stand up for me. You see, that's how they pick off every every different group across the world divide and conquer and take one out at a time same with a small store owner bump them off first they can't afford to work for the government half the day with filling up forms back after this break Hi folks, we're back and we're cutting through the matrix just talking about the United Nations and how most folk have no idea that it literally is set up to be world government. It has a department uh, that's uh, to, to equal every department that you have in your federal governments. But bigger, much bigger. And they've been working quietly for ages and having your government sign everything into law. Everything into law. So there's smoking and then there's a war on obesity and the next war is to be the war on people who eat meat and I'm not kidding about that either. And the day is coming to come when you will have your urine tested and so on and blood samples taken to see if you have certain enzymes etc that could only have come from meat. And you'll laugh at that too I'm sure. But you wait and see. You wait and see. Now I've said for years that really the big military-industrial complex, and this is what you must understand, isn't just a bunch of guys wearing uniforms. It's to do with the businesses that were set up to be part of the military-industrial complex. Big factories, big machinery of, of power to Supply everything, and so many of them make little things too, things you use in your own home, like uh, the, the CD players, stuff like that, and stereos. But they all, their main job is to supply military. General Electric made its money off, off the military, still does, most of its money. The Hughes Industrial Complex was purely all military. It still owns most of the satellites up there now. Up, up for Star Wars projects which is really about watching all of you and doing things to you that they haven't told you about yet like making you awfully sick watching you is easy and it's the same with all to do with the internet the internet is set up for total information collection I've gone through the articles before going to the archives and And dig around there for the articles from the Pentagon that I read last year where they had a virtual reality world set up with everybody in the U.S. and Canada and other countries in it. They've got a virtual you, which they update daily from the information you put up there yourself voluntarily and all the different free things that you take which are wonderful like my this and my that, you know, from your personal computer by you suckers or what? Doesn't take much in marketing to make the suckers go along, eh? My, my, my MySpace. MySpace. My Facebook. My personal computer. Oh, God. Anyway, Google, of course, is a big, big part of it. I watched a, a documentary once and it's to do with terrorism and how Google was one of the biggest collectors of data. Well, it's set up to be that way because it's authorized by the government and it obviously has government funding, massive government funding to do what it does. They didn't give you the computer and say, oh, here's the net, go and have fun without making sure that they set up the machinery to take care and, and, and record all that data, all of it. Because they always knew, before they even gave you the computer, they wanted to use us as the ultimate tool for total control. And eventually, it'll be used for social correctness and political correctness and all the rest of it as well. I guarantee you, you will eventually be stopped and punished according to whatever your crime is, whatever you've said or thought about or even asked a question about things which you're not allowed to anymore. Then you will have your computer shut down, off the net, for a month as punishment, two months as punishment, whatever, and in a cashless society that won't be pleasant because you won't be able to access your bank account. They'll use it for punishment. There's no doubt about that. They've talked about it years ago, years ago. Bertrand Russell talked about this kind of method before we even heard of the computer. You see, it's all Pavlovian training we're getting. We're just animals now, and most people accept they're animals now. They don't uh, believe in anything except uh, what they're told in television. They follow all the nature shows, and it's, it, there's not a nature show you can watch that doesn't eventually get round to telling you that humans are really just part, just a little part, you know, of this great world of crawling insects and creepy worms and all that kind of stuff, nothing very special at all. Once you have dehumanized yourself down to the level of a worm or an ant, uh, yes, you're a goner. You're a goner. You don't have anything left to fight back with, and say it's, it's ridiculous even to say, "Well, I've got rights." When, you would, when you've got to that stage, it's ridiculous to say I've got rights. Ridiculous. You know, during the when they signed the Earth Charter, which they all signed into law from in 1992, and in the subsequent ones since then, ratified them, signed into law. They gave all the animals and all the insects and so on, the grass and the trees, rights, but nothing was in there to give any human rights at all. Remember what Julian Huxley said, the first CEO of UNESCO? He says people have to be taken down from their pedestal as a supreme creature on this planet and brought down to the level of the insects. Well, guess what? Anyway, back to Google again and its big enterprise, because that is what it's set up to do. Google finally admits that its Street View cars did take emails and passwords from computers. Well, we all knew that, didn't we? So they were accused of spying on households yesterday after admitted secretly copying passwords and private emails from home computers. Nothing will happen, mind you. Who's going to touch them? They're part of the big military-industrial complex for the world, back after this break.
0: Listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the
1: truth. Hi, folks. We're back and we're cutting through the matrix, talking about Google and how it's really one of the big official bodies of the the United. Military industrial complex has been authorized from its very beginning, obviously, to do exactly what it's doing. And a documentary I saw some years ago showed the CEO uh, talking quite calmly about uh, passing on data to MI5, MI6, and all this kind of stuff quite casually. That's what it's meant to do. And of course, uh, they'll never ever come back on it or never find it. There's nothing you can do with them. They'll go through the hoopla of "tut tut, this is terrible." They're stealing emails and passwords. No, that's what they're supposed to do, folks. That's what they're supposed to do. Anyway, it says yeah they admitted that the Street View cars took people's emails and passwords, and then it says the privacy campaigners accused the Gap company of spying and branded its behaviour as absolutely scandalous. Well, sticks and stones will break my bones, but names will never hurt me. And it says, too, uh, their executive, Alan Eustace, issued a groveling apology with a sneer. I add that part. And said the company was mortified, adding, we are acutely aware that we failed badly, snigger, snigger. Uh, Google cameras. And they they show you some of the photographs, too, that they they caught people off guard as went around photographing them as well. It's amazing, you know, if you walk around the streets in England, for instance, with a camera, the cops will approach you. But no, it's okay if you're authorized in a white van going around doing all this kind of stuff. That's okay. Yeah. Anyway, it says, um, the critic sees on the admission as the latest example of technology's ever every expanding ability to harvest information. I say, say harvest information. It's not stealing it. It's harvest. Harvesting is a nice word. It's like crops and stuff. No, they're not stealing it. They're harvesting information about ordinary households, often without their knowledge or consent. Well, I would say all the time without their knowledge or consent. How many doors did they knock at and say, excuse me, do you mind if we photograph you and and, and steal your passwords? None. Who wrote this piece of garbage anyway? It says, Google sent a fleet of specially equipped cars around Britain in 2008 armed with 360 degree cameras to gather photographs for its Street View project. At least that was the official version. Uh, There were immediate complaints that the pictures were a security risk. After householders complained that house numbers and car registrations were easily identifiable Privacy fears followed when it was emerged that individuals could be seen Including a man emerging from a sex shop in London, Soho Three police officers arresting a man in Camden, North London And children throwing stones at a house in Musselboro, Scotland and stuff like that Earlier this year, the California-based firm admitted that the car's antenna had also scanned for wireless networks, including home Wi-Fi, which connects millions of personal computers to the Internet. Google registered the location, name, and identification code of millions of networks and entered them into a database to help it sell ads. That's its con game, to to sell ads. They did the same thing in Germany, but Germany, I think, is trying to sue them, at least. this is the firm which uses the slogan, don't be evil, was able don't be evil, was able to record the location of every wireless router and network without alerting house wars because Wi Fi signals are visible to other internet devices, including the car's antenna. Anyway, the maps it and they took their, their their passwords and everything. That's that's a bit more than just getting a drive by free uh line into someone's wireless system. Nothing will happen, of course. Nothing will happen except lots of name-calling, scandalous, scandalous, all oh, outrage, and all that stuff, which means sweet, darned all, as we all know. Now, in socialism, it's a great system because you have no option to do anything except what they authorize you to do and tell you to do. In other words, you have the right to obey orders, and that's it, you know. And Britain is so far ahead in socialism after they destroyed the culture through the swinging 60s and the 70s and 80s, and the decadent 90s and the unemployed. Uh, actually, it was unemployed, really, from the 80s right through. But uh, and a massive drug problem there, too. But anyway, let's uh, talk got some semblance, uh, a remnant of a National Health Service that looks like it's, it's been through the depths of the ocean and pulled back up again with a, a, only a fragment there covered in seaweed to treat the people as they cut back and cut back. Anyway, it says, Patients anger after they're unable to opt out of swine flu vaccine despite fears of side effects. Uh, it says the H1N1 vaccine will be the dominant of three flu strains, including the shot, meaning millions of elderly and vulnerable patients will get it automatically. That, that means, you know, uh, there's no opting out of it. Yet Many people refused to have the swine flu vaccine when it was offered last year because of fears it may cause serious side effects, which of course it did. H1N1 swine flu vaccine will be included in this year's seasonal flu jab, so meaning millions of the elderly and vulnerable patients will get it, blah, blah, blah. The vaccine has all been linked to fevers in young children, temporary paralysis, temporary, some of it's permanent, some folk died, and narcolepsy. That's a nice one to have, eh? At least you don't need sleeping pills for that one. Catherine Murphy, chief executive of the Patients Association, said, We're very disappointed that patients have not been given the opportunity to choose for themselves. So you don't get any choices in socialism where they wish to take the swine flu vaccine as part of their winter flu vaccine. Some may not want the swine flu vaccine, and this may mean they would also miss out on their winter flu jab. This seems to go completely against new initiatives from the government, which states that in the National Health Service, there will be no decision about me without me for patients that there will be a lot large, larger emphasis on patient choice. So they tell you one thing but do the other. But that's Britain for you. That is socialism. It makes as much sense as the Soviet system where you double think on everything that was told to you. And so what you did was you were, you did what you were ordered to do eventually down the roads. It's the same in Ontario as well. In Canada, if you go into a hospital here for the last few years, you're automatically down as a donor if you happen to die there say yeah, they a, a real treat for you So if you get in there pretty sick You aren't sure if those doctors are going to cure you Or if they're actually eyeing up the dollar bills They're going to get from harvesting your organs And selling them off It's a lot more than you're going to be worth If you get better That's the degeneration of society That we're now living in too Mind you, they call it harvesting organs here too Harvest, they harvest organs They don't steal them and cut them and slice them out of yeah, you And rip them from you No, they harvest them And then they sell them for lots of cash Now here's an oddball one I thought I'd mention. It says the parents of a nurse, a a guy in Britain I think who who was a nurse, who vanished after being infected with malaria in a medical trial. So they're using medical staff for trials in Britain. I believe he's still alive but maybe mentally deranged by the disease so he's got the full-fledged disease at least maybe even worse. It says, Doreen and Michael Holland think Matthew Lloyd, 35, is still in Britain, but could be so stricken by malaria they cannot seek help. He's gone missing. Maybe they bumped him off because they found out it was a... Maybe it's easier to bump him off than have him sue them if he survives. Anyway, it says here that... um, It says um, the the authorities have appealed to Matthew Holland to come forward... um, it says, Mr. Lloyd specializes, specializes in co- contagious disease at Southampton General Hospital, so he knew the importance of receiving treatment. It says, um, Mrs. Holland said doctors had told her he passed psychological tests before being, inf- before being infected with malaria in the Oxford University-run trial. I wonder if he even knew it was malaria. You know, the, the, these, especially for unemployed people, it's, it's very common even in Canada. You'll see ads in the paper all the time where people who are hired up for cash, extra money um, for going in for these trials. And they'll tell you it's for flu shots or something like that, but you don't know what you're getting. So they tested him with this malaria, and now the guy's on the loose and probably very disorientated. I think it's about the, about the history of him before he became a nurse. This is the experimental vaccine was injected into Mr. Lloyd and seven others in early September before or October the 1st. They were infected with the uh, falciparum strain of malaria, which can result in brain damage, <laughs> seizures, comas, and death. That's what they gave these guys. Four days later, Mr. Holland of Wellington Somerset was called by a doctor at an Oxford clinic. He was extremely concerned because Matthew had failed to turn up for his appointment and his phone was dead. Well, maybe he is too. So the doctor said we had to report him missing, and of course the report missing because now it was in the, he's on the infectious diseases list, obviously. So the drug trial is part of the crusade. It's a crusade, oh, see, I love these words, you know, to find a vaccine for disease which is the biggest killer of small children in sub-Saharan Africa. The trials have been taking place over the last decade at the Jenner Institute base in Oxford, and are funded by charities, oh, such as Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Well, I guess they can use this one now in Africa. Maybe, maybe they've found that it actually does what they wanted to do. Then hmm? you think I'm kidding you again, don't you? Boy, the naive people out there. There's no chance for them at all. None at all. So naive. Nobody would ever do that to the people. (laughs) Uh, Ignorant of their history. Anyway, it's a good article here about how the UN gets around federal governments as well. And I've talked before about now you have institutes and associations of mayors across your countries, all working under the United Nations. That's who they report to, not the people who think they vote them in. You have the same thing with the police chiefs' associations, who get all their their new PR stuff and political correctness from the United Nations. But it's the same thing now with the carbon reduction and environmentalism and all the rest of it. This is states of emergency, October 21st, 2010. 32 states are on the path to UN-inspired carbon reduction, cap-and-trade schemes and unconstitutional alliances. Uh, the supporting governors must be held to uh, accountable Carbon reduction and population reduction go hand in hand And that's a fact, folks Because, you see, you're a carbon-based unit The United Nations failed to impose their treaties from the top down Such as the Kyoto and Copenhagen Accords And the federal government has abandoned its unpopular national cap-and-trade scheme For now, cap-and-trade is being pursued on the state level And one region has even raised over $700 million in carbon auctions making a killing off nothing. The 32 states have been divided into three regions. I've read this article before, but it's really again. Regionalism is a trick that uses rezoning to establish new jurisdictional authority. State compacts and agreements, in addition to state treaties with foreign governments, are unconstitutional. No one cares about that because, you see, they bypassed it a long time ago. And they told us that they were going to do that in their personal PR magazine, which is uh, is called Foreign Affairs Magazine, put up by the Council on Foreign Relations. They said that they do an end run around the Constitution. In other words, totally ignore it. While these regional programs have avoided mention of the United Nations Agenda 21, the Blueprint for Depopulation and Total Control evidence supports this it is an Agenda 21 sustainable development program for the following reasons. Man-made global warming deception, based on discredited science from the United Nations Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, is a primary excuse used to implement Agenda 21 Sustainable Development. And as true, that is true. California's AB 32 Global Warming Solutions Act is committed to achieving the targets of the United Nations Kyoto Protocol, which is a treaty with mandatory rules to limit carbon. So, so, so California is dealing directly with the United Nations. To deal with this, you see. RGGI, Regional Greenhouse Gas Initiative of the Northeast States, is similar to the UN-Kyoto Treaty with mandated regulations and a cap-and-trade scheme. Because global warming has been discredited, it is now referred to as climate change, climate disruption and the greenhouse effect. And also sustainable development is another term used too. Many people may may not realize that the water vapor Accounts for 97% of what they call greenhouse gases That's true, 97% of what they call greenhouse gases Is water vapor And human activity contributes only a fraction Of the 1% of greenhouse gas emissions Yet there is alarmism over how much carbon humans emits Temperature drives CO2 levels And that's a fact, the warmer it gets More is released from the sea folks If it was beneficial to reduce carbon, limiting uh, human carbon emissions would have no effect because human carbon emissions are so minuscule. Other gases like methane, nitrous oxide, ozone, etc. are not major greenhouse gases at all. According to Dr. Michael Kaufman and over 30,000 other scientists, carbon dioxide is essential for life on Earth, and that is also true. All plants must have it to produce food for themselves. At the current atmospheric concentrations, CO2 is limiting to plant growth. Currently, CO2 levels are about 387 parts per million. And even if the levels increase by 500%, it would benefit agriculture and the Earth's atmosphere without any harm to humans or other animal life. Now, these articles, too, I will put up at CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com at the end of the show if the power doesn't go out again because it just came on before the show started because of all the the storms going through and the trees going down so that's what you've got going on there and these go around these ignore constitutions and the public don't most of the public really don't care you know that yourselves not the audience that listens to these shows like this but you know yourself the general population out there are already um, in again a, a more sophisticated Plato's Cave and they're quite happy inside it. Now, <laughs> this is beautiful too because Britain's uh, going to cut back so many thousands of public sector jobs. The reason being, you see, that they're now going into um, devolution, they call it, bringing the power back to the people con game as they set up little communitarian uh, areas. And you will have to start taking care of the sick and the elderly and all the rest of it. And, of course, you've got little commissariats already set up from Common Purpose and other organizations, ready to go into action and tell you all what to do, you see, in this new authoritarian system. Because the government, you see, after looting you and using you for wars and God knows what else, has no more function for you. So that's going to let you go down the hill quietly. You know, and go back to old herbal remedies and throw penicillin out the window. You won't get a hold of that more in the future as you all sort of die off up to the year 2050 and the new utopia starts for the elites, according to their own articles, in fact. Spending review government expects 490,000 public sector jobs cuts. Uh, it says the coalition expects that the 490,000 public sector jobs to be lost by 2014 to 15 as a direct result of its drastic spending cuts. Danny Alexander, the Chief Secretary of the Treasury, has accidentally disclosed. Alexander inadvertently allowed two pages of tomorrow's spending review to be photographed as he left the Treasury building. It's the first time the government has stated that the job losses of this order are going to happen due to the spending cuts. The document also proposes that public sector employers should try to strike deals to cut hours to reduce the level of redundancies. The forecast is based on the estimate of the Office of Budget Responsibility. All these terms are right out of Orwell, you know, and the Soviet Union. This is a new independent body set up by the coalition to publish independent forecasts on jobs, growth and borrowing. The two pages all set out plans for extra spending, extra spending on climate change. Remember again, we're global warming, that's climate change. But also hold up the possibility of an as yet unspecified energy tax you're going to get hammered with. I told you before, all that cash that you used to have for little extras to buy your cheap junk from China, you won't have shortly. It'll all go back in fees and charges and fines. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm back and we're cutting through the Matrix and there's a caller on the line that's Stan from Toronto, I think it is, Ontario anyway. Are you there, Stan?
0: Uh, it's Stan St. Mary's, Alan. Yes. Uh, how are you doing tonight?
1: Not bad, it's an awful day to cut trees down and they were coming down on the roof and uh,
0: using ropes
1: and all the rest of it. High winds, of course, at the same time and I I got up on the roof and swung a rope over it with the heavy weights and one of them and Pulled this thing out of way and then he managed to saw it down <laughs> in time.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And then the power went off, of course, yeah.
0: Down here you get fines for doing that, eh?
1: Oh, yeah, well, it'll come everywhere, but we'll to do it you know, discreetly or camouflage or way Maybe it'll look like a big bird on top of your roof or something. Yeah. With a chainsaw, yeah.
0: Anyway, great articles. Uh, I like that one yesterday uh, you had on there about the queen and uh, offshore wind farm windfall because she owns the seabed.
1: It's wonderful, isn't it? Yeah. What, I mean, I mean, I mean you know, power going to your head, eh?
0: It's I mean, well, they, you know, they've got, you know, all the governments working for them, and you yes. know, if we think their our governments were wrong, because the governments represent the crown agencies.
1: Yep, yeah, they do. and uh, well, even in Canada, it's the same thing. You've got the, the, the post office with its crown there. Every, every person who takes a job for the government in Canada swears on allegiance, allegiance to the crown. Right. And I watched uh, one of these public broadcasting things when uh, one of the governments was being sworn in. Uh, doing their, their, their very interesting Masonic swearing-in because the guy holds the, the thing they read in front of him with his, his leg left foot forward, stares him in the eye, you know, and they're going to read off it with a little Bible or black book in their hand they have. None of them go to, to churches, of course. And um, this was a really serious thing, and everyone swore allegiance to the Queen, but not Canada.
0: <laughs> you know, and this, it's, it's, it's in that You talk about the laws that are written. You know, you have the crown... Agency Act. Yep. And uh, and if people think they own their own properties, and I think this was a, a good article to point out uh, because uh, we have the Crown uh, land here in Canada, and mm. the Queen owns uh, Canada.
1: She owns Canada, and she also owns um, all the ground under every one of your homes. You only own the first four inches of topsoil.
0: Yeah. Well, the thing is, how much do you really own if you don't pay your taxes for a few years? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and even if you've got your mortgage paid. Yes. You know, uh, when it gets down to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I And uh, but I, I I wanted to specifically bring that up in regards to the windmills. The this uh, is this why they're doing all the uh, they're doing the same thing here in Canada yeah. with uh, these windmills in Lake Huron and Erie and offshore and and they're mm-hmm. they're they're putting them in all the crown lands and stuff.
1: They've got just they've got North of Sudbury. It was on tonight's news on my little uh, battery radio. I was trying to find out what was happening. They were talking about people surfing off uh, off uh, some of the the shores, uh, enjoying the, this uh, hurricane weather and all this rubbish. And then they, they mentioned about it's is great for Canada's windmills. And I thought, well, I've seen the propellers flying off them in other countries because they can't handle the high winds. So And, and if what they produce is just in, they're so minuscule in power And also that, they, that the maintenance is more than they put out It costs more to maintain them than what they deliver, yeah
0: But in the Queen's case, if they put all them things in the Crown land here They're going to get a cut of that, aren't they?
1: Of course they are, absolutely, you've got it And lots, lots of the British lords as well Who still own chunks of land here in Canada as overlords
0: yeah, and, and being that they put it everything on the crown land, well, the Queen's going to get it all anyway, isn't
1: she? Absolutely. And you will be paying her for being piped to your homes and all the rest of it, yeah. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. Uh, thanks, uh, nice uh, you again.
1: thanks for calling in. And from Hamish, myself, from a very stormy Ontario, Canada, it's up in Sudbury away. It's night to me, your God, or your God's go with you.